Hi, I'm Louise Tryance, and in this RecTech Showdown, I talk with Alex Jost of Stard. Join us to find out all about his product and how it can really benefit your recruitment processes. And good afternoon and welcome to the Rec Tech Showdown. Uh, my name is Louise Triance from UK Recruiter. Um, that was my phone beeping to tell us we're going live. Um, so this is a series of shows that we do every week where I chat with technology providers about their offerings within the recruitment, the talent acquisition, the HR space, um, and hopefully ask them the questions that you would ask them yourself if you were here. If you're watching live on Crowdcast, um, feel free to say hi in the chat bar on the side and ask any questions you may have. Um, if you're watching on Facebook, then feel free to pop over here. And if you're watching afterwards, hopefully I'll be sharing all the links that you need to get in touch with myself, with my guest, and find out more about their company. So straight on with the show. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask um, my guest Alex to introduce himself and then I'll ask him a few questions about his company. So Alex, over to you. Introduce yourself, please. Great. Thanks for thanks for having us, Louise. Uh, so I'm Alex. I'm from Stard, and we're a, a software company that helps you measure and improve your candidate experience through feedback. Okay. So this is um, engaging with candidates on behalf of organisations to improve that to understand and improve that kind of experience, yeah? Exactly, yeah. So it's really um, for, for every type of recruiter, from uh, from agency to in-house talent acquisition to kind of take control of their candidate experience, we really see that there's um, yeah, a growing need to, to measure, benchmark, and understand what's driving candidate experience from a candidate's perspective. So that's kind of what we're helping to leverage and, and improve. Okay, and you said, well, I'm going to come back to you on one of those points about where the business came from but mm -hmm. you said that it was for talent acquisition and for agencies yeah uh, people are mixed audience for these shows so there's probably both uh, types of people listening but but really where is where do you find this to be the most benefit within that space well i mean every firm agency or company maps out the candidate journey and their their process differently and the um, the thing that we do with Stard that is kind of differentiating ourselves uh, from other feedback tools, I guess, is really specialized integrations with the CRM or ATS that you're using, which means that your workflow, your way of working, placing candidates, hiring, rejecting, uh, end of placement, onboarding, whichever kind of stage you work with, we've got the templates and the integrations that match with those. So it's really a one-to-one -one with the way that you work anyway. That said, um, candidate experience as a, as a theme is really um, tied up with employer brand. So we do see a lot of uh, in-house and talent acquisition specialists uh, coming on board with, with Stard and rolling out Stard across uh, different markets with us. So, for example, Coca-Cola and Danone came on board recently to benchmark their candidate experience, which is really, really exciting. Okay. Um, we might try to come back to that just to see what's why exactly they work with you and what sort of findings they had and maybe the process that you took them through. Mm -hmm. But can I just ask a bit more about the business? When, when mm -hmm. was it started up? Yeah, so it started uh, from 2013. Uh, I'm actually calling you from, from Amsterdam in the Netherlands right now, and uh, that's where our HQ is. We're um, uh, about 30 people now, and we have an office in London as well. Um, and, yeah, we've 
been active in the feedback market for years. So we were specializing in customer feedback and then also moving into employee engagement, employee experience. Mm -hmm. And um, over those years of, of developing the product, it was really learning um, what the respondent wants. And that's really, we sort of claimed the respondent as our focus point on how we would build out the product. Also our internal values to really start with that human to counter everything that was wrong with surveys and feedback to begin with for years, you know, these endless surveys um, and just CSV exports, uh, Excel files that no one had any idea what to do with, or maybe rewind years before you just get a doorstop type report that you can just put in the corner and uh, let it gather dust. We wanted to counter all of that by making feedback kind of bite-sized for, um, for respondents, whether that's your candidate, your employee or your customer, or your client. And then also actionable for people working with feedback that you can actually see something come in, get an alarm if something's going wrong, uh, follow up with um, positive sentiments and just really take control of, of your feedback. So do you think that in the recruitment space, is it that we care more now, that companies care more now, or is it that the candidate market's getting tight or is it that the technology is caught up with what they want to achieve? I think that there's there's truth to, to all of that. Um, of course, the term candidate experience comes close to customer experience, and that's been present in the customer-facing world for years, and there's been a lot of tooling that helps people un understand their, and companies understand their, their customer experience. But when it comes to candidate experience, yeah, you're right, it's um, it's relatively new compared with, with customer experience, at least. And... Uh, and unlocking those those drivers has really um, come about because companies have seen the cost of, uh, of candidate experience when you're putting out wildfires on Glassdoor and LinkedIn and it's a case of reputation management rather than really leveraging positive candidate experience with your brand or with your, your agency. It's, uh, it's a case of being proactive rather than reactive, I think. You just mentioned Glassdoor. I'm going to um, spin forward to a question I was going to ask you later. So yeah. earlier this week, um, I was at True London. You, you guys were there. Mm -hmm. I did a little session there. And, and um, one of the questions which was asked, or maybe it was more of a comment, was mm -hmm. how giving a forum for feedback gives control to the client. Yeah. And you just mentioned about Glassdoor. So do you do you think that's true? That is what it's, it's able to do? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think I remember that discussion that uh, that Claire was was running. Um, Claire Bush, that is. Um, so there's, there's a, a difference which needs to be pointed out, I think, between reviews and feedback in this regard and how it helps uh, companies kind of take control of, of the situation and learn where they're going right and wrong. We tend to say, at start at least, that Reviews are what people are saying about you and feedback is what they're saying to you, you know, so, so uh, um, I speak with uh, with a lot of recruiters. I'm um, so I um, didn't actually introduce myself properly. I'm the product marketing manager at Stud. So it's really my job to speak with a lot of recruiters and industry professionals to learn about where feedback fits into the way of working, you know, um, okay. so recruiters I speak with a lot of them. So yeah, I am working with with feedback and the tech or how, and it's a case of it's living in their inboxes a lot of it and in spreadsheets, and it's sometimes ad hoc, sometimes forgotten about, and sometimes they say yeah, it's um, we we like to see that some candidates leave us a review on on FIFO or on Trustpilot or something, but that isn't measuring at the points that matter at where you might be struggling with candidate retention or something like that. So. Uh, returning back to your question, it was very long-winded, sorry. Coming back, it means that 
taking control of your feedback with a feedback tool, a proper solution, means that you understand the drivers at certain stages of your process rather than just like a lump sum, was it a thumbs up or thumbs down candidate experience? Of course, any recruiter or TA who's listening knows their process is more complicated than a, a thumbs up or thumbs down at the end of their process. It's myriad uh, influences on your experience. And so really mapping that to a solution is what, what Start is about. Yeah. yeah, no. And I and I think that lots of things you said there resonate with the with the, the sort of stuff I'm hearing, which is that, like you say, on Glassdoor, that's that's that can be, you don't know at what point. I mean, sometimes you do, but generally you don't know at what point in the process someone was generally so angry that they left an appalling review. And if you're yeah. able to track where that is, and I yeah. guess you're saying about bringing this into your ATS, your CRM, mm. seeing stuff on other sites. You can't, I mean, people probably aren't capturing that long-term in their, their their systems, are they? Yeah, exactly. It's um, it's it's more in, in context. And say with Stard, you've mapped out your, your kind of feedback campaigns with templates that trigger when you move your candidate. Let's say you're in Bullhorn or you're in Greenhouse or in-house versus, uh, versus agency. It doesn't matter. You have your process. You've moved a candidate from one stage to the other. You've invited them to another interview. You've moved them to place or they're at the end of their placement. You're moving them from stage to stage. That triggers in start a survey that is relevant to that touch point, asking how was that experience? How was your interview with Louise today? Uh, and that's triggered maybe like 24 hours later. So it's all really in context. So it's not not, not just like, as you say, in Glassdoor, just like a, a random point in time where someone who was really upset just let, lets it all loose there. Um, you can would start kind of follow up with people immediately because they're, they're, um, they're letting you know on specific elements that matter for that stage. If you're testing out your employer brand with your values and seeing how you live those at the different stages in your process, then you know how to follow up with those people. And it's often the case that if you're measuring certain certain things like net promoter score, which is something I'm sure we'll, we'll get onto, um, that when you have low scoring candidates that you can follow up with them immediately. With Start, it just sends you a, a, a what we call a um, fire alarm, basically. You need, you need to sort this out and you can often turn things around. It's often a misunderstanding. Even if someone's rejected, they can still be a brand promoter if the reasons they were rejected were made clearer to them or something like that. It's just really unlocking that why about your candidate retention that we're, we're getting to. And also not having to, like you said at the start, not having to go out and look through reams of papers or CSV files. You're literally getting alerts saying, mm. take action right now. Exactly. Um, so two things off the back of that is, um, one is you can obviously, you said you can do surveys at any stage. Mm. How, how many typically in a candidate, I mean, maybe it's a difficult question, in a candidate process would a client do? So for someone like Coca-Cola, mm. are they, assessing the same person at seven points throughout that process yeah so it's a good question because there is the the question of, of survey fatigue in there and it's something we, we we caution companies about and our surveys are really designed to avoid the survey fatigue problem that you know you've got uh, you are on step one of ten thousand, and please give up the rest of your day for this survey where we're, we're really against all of that and we definitely wouldn't advise to send 100 surveys to your candidate every time they have a call with you or something like that. No, it's more like, okay, you've mapped out the candidate journey and you from application or even further back into recruitment marketing, if you're nurturing a pool of people, 
that um, you have a certain number of your candidates. If you're a, a big brand with hundreds of thousands of people, say, then you're, um, it's like the same equivalent in marketing as A-B testing. You don't run the same thing on everyone. You're, you're running uh, surveys on a certain amount of people to get a representative idea. And if it's, if it's more low key, then yeah, you, you map it to the most crucial stages, like after an interview, uh, after decision, either higher place or uh, rejection um, onto onboarding. So maybe like three or four surveys. And if you're looking to engage candidates, I don't think there's any candidate that's worth their, their salt that isn't gonna respond to a, a one minute survey. Literally, what did you think of this step? rate a couple of things and give you a comment and then you've just got enough information to make your decisions and serve them in the best way that's what candidate experience is, is about really yeah and that's a, i'm gonna ask my other question a minute that's a really interesting part of this is that what this is doing it's finding out information for you but i actually think it's also engaging the candidate better mm -hmm. it's giving you other reasons to contact them and if you're doing it in the right way that's great yeah but also you're showing that you care as a business mm -hmm. and that's trying to do throughout the whole process anyway isn't it yeah exactly um yeah i, I think it's it's really that that brands can come good on their kind of candidate promise right um we we work with a, with an agency uh called grovelands in, in the uk uh okay. who, um have a, a net promoter score of a plus 87 which is just ridiculously high and they make that claim of being candidate centric and they they've proved it to be true you know they ask their candidates would you recommend this is the nps question of course would you recommend grovelands as a place to apply for for a job or to look for a job depending on the the context and overwhelmingly yes at the the placement stage um and yeah so it's, it's really a great way of benchmarking yourself against yourself against your promises and then also again in the industry yeah, yeah. Well, that brings me on to the question about what NPS is. Yeah. So why don't you just cover that off for us? Yeah, uh, so NPS is Net Promoter Score. And in this conversation we're having, I should call it Candidate Net Promoter Score, you'll, uh, recruiters will see CNPS popping up more and more, I, I think, in their, uh, in their reading. Um, so a Net Promoter Score came about, I'd say it's about 15 years ago from uh, Bain and Company, and it's, uh, it's a business metric. And it measures uh, willingness to recommend. Uh, so yeah, everyone has seen this question in their in their email themselves from a company. If you ordered from Amazon or whatever it might be, like how likely are you to recommend Amazon to a friend or colleague? The question mm -hmm. is modified in CNPS in recruitment to how likely are you recommend XYZ as a place to apply for a job, onboarding as a place to work, or as a place to to look for work, or to uh, whichever the context of the type of recruitment might be. But the point being that this this question is an indicator of loyalty and and in uh, in the consumer world a willingness to increase your business relationship and spending. So as a growth metric, NPS in the recruitment space, a likeliness to recommend you as an agency, as a place to apply for a job is a sign that everything is going swimmingly in your recruitment process, that you would be likely to even recommend people to apply for these jobs. And if you've got a great NPS, even among rejected candidates, then you know you're offering a great candidate experience, right? So that's the the idea behind the metric. So the way you measure it is with the zero to 10. Mm -hmm. uh, zero being absolutely not likely at all. You have to really be working hard to get a zero, by the way, uh, on, on, on bad candidate experience. Up to 10, like extremely likely to recommend. And you can segment this into zero to six, which are detractors. Mm -hmm. um, seven and eights are passives, so you've got to work on them to really get 
them to be promoters and nines and tens are your promoters and uh, the thing with with start that we do automatically is segment your results on your comments on your kind of action points among those different groups so the people that have voted you um, zero to six what do you need to do what points do you need to action in order to improve their candidate experience on the factors that matter at interview stage or whatever it might be yeah. right NPS is is really about segmenting um, the way people vote you in, mm -hmm. in terms of feedback and yeah. then understanding the drivers behind that score. So that score ranges from zero, sorry, from minus 100 to plus 100 NPS because it's um, you're taking a percentage away from each other. So you land on a scale from minus 100 to plus 100. So recalling yeah. the Groveland's example, plus 87 is extremely high. And yeah. it's generally said anything plus 50 to plus 70 in the consumer world is really, um, yeah, like industry leading. Um, a lot of companies tend to find themselves when they start benchmarking more in the neutral zone where uh, they're, they're hovering around zero or they're up to like plus 20, plus 30. And they've got to find out how do we how do we action certain points with our customers and now in this case with our candidates to, to move us into the into the green zone with a lot of promoters. So do you, I mean, this is a really silly question, but do you get companies who come to you and say, this is the score we want. We want to be 70 or 90. Yeah, well, of course, there's, there's, a, there's, a, whole, uh, there's a whole range of ways that people approach coming, coming at feedback. There is some, sometimes a danger of keeping up with the Joneses mm. with NPS that you can say, okay, well, my competitor has this. I surely must need this. But then it's coming from a good place, right? You want to, you're developing a strategy for your business that puts people first because you realize that they're good profits, they're not bad profits. Looking after your people first is a great strategy and a high NPS comes with that. So uh, we, we, we set kind of KPIs, we put customer success in motion and start to make sure that people get those, those NPS increases that they're looking for, right? So we work with um, uh, Altus Staffing Vibe Group here in the Netherlands who are an IT recruiter. Um, they have their five brands, I think in three, three countries, about 150 consultants and really, really performance driven. And part of their, their strategy um, change was to really emphasize the place of NPS. That, that means that their consultants are measured in terms of their, uh, their satisfaction among clients and candidates, as well as their, the number of placements they're making and the, the fee and everything that, go, that goes with it. So with them, we managed to, to help uh, get them an NPS increase of plus 10 in one quarter. So that's moving a lot of people into the green, a lot of more promoters, because they were understanding what was driving experience at the different points in their, in their cycle. So they said, OK, now we know what we need to train our consultants more on in X, Y, Z areas. It's just really unlocking those, those, those factors that in a different feedback solution you just wouldn't get to because you've just got a big export of results. And there's kind of no north through that. You're just like looking through uh, Excel sheets. So we're kind of pointing you directly to those drivers. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I like. You're giving those businesses that, that support. Yeah. I mean, there are other, other survey tools available. Mm -hmm. But what we're looking at here is something which is, it's almost like a consultancy around feedback that you're able to give. Yeah. Um, and I guess that 
this is this might be another completely crazy question but mm -hmm. do you get individuals who talk about their own mps in a business so with an hr function a large hr function mm -hmm. would there be recruiters who talk about their own mps and that could be motivational to others or yeah it's something that i'm actually um when i spoke at the recruitment agency expo uh, in london uh, that was back in february which was great you invited me to come speak at the uh, inspire yeah. event and uh, in that very short and sweet five minute um, 15 slides uh, <laughs> uh, extravaganza, I mentioned something that um, I think should be a norm and I can see it becoming a norm. Uh, more and more recruiters, recruitment agencies that are, as I said, benchmarking internally the NPS, that consultant A, consultant B have different NPS scores among their clients and candidates. And so therefore they, they can be measured and um, benchmarked internally as well. So. If, uh, if an agency recruiter or even a TA manages to say, look, I took, I took our company NPS, I took our NPS in this facet from here to here, it's also a big thing for personal brand. Definitely, definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I judge um, some of the Global Recruiter Awards and the um, I think I normally get at the medium size agency category. Mm -hmm. And um, in, in recent years, I've seen more of those business entries talk about NPS on their, their entries they don't talk about how they got there mm -hmm. and I think that probably is the more important thing than just a figure so yeah. you're judging your business it's not what you do to get it yeah so definitely it's and, it's, and, it's, and it's what you do once once you've measured because it's it really it's not a vanity metric it can be and to actually unlock those drivers and I'm, I'm, I'm like a broken record but this is really what what the start product at least on the dashboarding and helps helps you do it helps you see what you need to work on next literally prioritized according to impact on on uh, on nps we we kind of plot that out for you that clearly next quarter we've got to action these three things everyone has finite resources you can't work on everything so if we're going to dedicate training resources on these different things then we know nps is going to improve and we know we're going to have happier candidates better candidate experience and yeah i'm sure your audience doesn't need reminding on the value of a good candidate experience. This is just really then learning how to improve it. That's what yeah. is really for, cool. measure and improve. So I've asked you quite a few questions, um, but th this is a bit of a trick question. What other questions do people have in sales conversations? Mm. When people are coming oh, yeah. to you about using the product, what, what other things are mm. they asking you? What should my audience be thinking they need to know? Yeah, um, well, what we see is really about integrations because um, the the feedback data is great, but it needs to be in context for consultants working with it and for, for TAs to be able to, to leverage that data in their CRM or in their ATS. But for both in-house and for agency is equally important. So that's why one of the first questions we always get is like, great, but does this mean another tool? Have, I, have my consultants, have my TAs, has my whole team got to learn another tool, have yet another thing to log into. And um, in, in the marketing world, I'm a marketer and I know that you have a tool stack of like 10, 12 things that you just have open and wired through each other. Um, and some are with like uh, Zapier integrations and workarounds. And then there's true integrations where you actually, uh, you barely even know it's there. And that's what, what it's really about for us. That's really unblocking uh, adopting uh, a feedback tool is that um, you can trigger surveys automatically from what you're doing anyway. You're in your CRM, you're in your ATS, you're working there anyway. Um, and that the data is fed back in. 
So uh, in Bullhorn, for example, our integration means that you get those NPS scores back into the case file of the candidate that you're, you're currently working on. So you can call them up with the knowledge of exactly what they think about you at that stage and in that context, right? Um, so a lot, of the, yeah, a lot of the conversations are, are about, um, okay, this is great, but can you integrate with, with our system? And the answer more often than not, and more becoming more and more the case is yes, because uh, we built um, an integrations platform called Start Connect, which makes it really easy um, to, without even needing to know what API means and going into the uh, more complicated technical things to configure your workflow, which again is technical language, but it's just matching up. Okay, my uh, candidate touch point is called candidate placed. I want to send this feedback form from Start done, and then it's already running. Okay, so whilst it can be used as a standalone product, that the, the real value is in the integration. Definitely, because there's, there's another benefit to this, which means that it's always coming in. It means you're never going to be cherry picking your feedback moments. You're never going to be doing that annual. So you should you should do maybe uh, like a quarterly survey if you're doing onboarding for for your your clients and you you turn out actually to be uh, sorry for your uh, candidates and you're doing more employee engagement. Survey. You need to do a pulse, and you need to do quarterly, maybe even the big annual survey, boiled down a little bit. But um, you need th these insights coming in continuously. Candidate experience doesn't happen once a year; it happens all the time. And you need to know how it's being perceived all the time, without having to think, "I've got to send out another survey now," or "I forgot to do it this week." What's that going to do to my results? It's like, okay, we know the touch point. We know what we're asking at that touch point, or Rather, you fix a template from the start that's benchmarked. This is what you need to ask at this touch point. Yeah. And you just get those results coming in. And then you know what you need to work on. That's really just reducing the friction getting, getting started with feedback. Like, I think feedback is only as valuable as how continuous a process it is for you. It needs to be like a, it's a, it's a way of, of doing as well as like an action itself. Feedback is a, is a principle that people need to work with. Yeah, and I think that is a change for lots of businesses. Yeah. I think that you know you would you would think about doing your annual or your mm. every six months review of something, and that is yeah. I think how businesses have operated. Definitely. So this is a change. And true, there was a guy who was in the room when you were talking who was saying that he has now changed the way in which he pays his consultants. Mm -hmm. So it's not. I mean, we didn't get into it. I would like to know more, but it wasn't yeah. just on. Um, placements if they were not getting feedback then they were not getting their commission yeah exactly which, uh, which is a way to incentivize of course there always needs needs to be that um yeah. and uh yeah that's it's just easier now than ever before that if you invite me for an interview for a role and i can go online and just research everything about you um of course uh, there's there's uh, there's a lot of misconceptions that can be made but if i only come across bad experiences that haven't been perhaps thought through uh very well um then yeah the my, my brand image of you is, is ruined immediately so um yeah there's so there's so many ways of handling candidate experience but doing this with with feedback um allows companies to kind of take control of it yeah yeah like that. um one of the other questions I had was around the other direction or the direction in which the software is headed. Are you, do you have anything planned that you can talk about? Um, well, so our software really breaks down into three key things that we could help you collect, analyze and act on, on feedback. So for us, 
uh, that uh, those three areas are what we're refining all the time. So in terms of constantly optimizing, getting a high response rate so that you can say something meaningful about the results that are coming in. Uh, we're rolling out new dashboards um, in the next part of the year, um, which uh, will pe help people get to the, really to the core of what uh, what customers, candidates, employees think of them. Um, that's like a way you want to build more more advanced um, reporting if you if you want to. Within mm -hmm. that is actually uh, exciting plans about how we benchmark and how you as a company line up against your competitors in your industry in your region, however it might be. There'll be there'll be exciting stuff that we'll be announcing um, around that. And the way that feedback is collected to begin with with these um, these survey templates, we have a template gallery that we we call it that we relaunched um, end of last year, and uh, that is constantly being optimized and more and more benchmarked surveys with leading brands contributing that, uh, that I'm sure anyone who starts using Stard, this will going to be one of their first ports of call to, to get involved with. And that's something we're really excited about seeing build from a product perspective. And that's the other value of working with you versus, I guess, a more generic survey tool mm. is that you've got all that, you know, where, where do I start? Well, you can help them know well, how often to do surveys, at what point to do surveys, Definitely. what actually to ask, Definitely. what to do with the feedback. And I'm not going to have time to get into it now, but on your blog, there is so much great content around um, working with feedback. Um, and, you know, when you guys are producing content, which we're running in the newsletter actually yeah. every month now, mm. because you're able to offer so much additional support yeah. on the whole process. I mean, I think that for many people, they might think, it's just feedback and then once you get into it you realize what an incredibly crucial part of your recruitment process yeah as, as an agency as well as a um as a corporate firm for sure so for sure I, yeah. I love that about what you guys are doing That's um, i i did want to talk about as a cost estimator yeah oh yeah got quickly touch on that yeah for sure for sure so um one of the big conversations we have especially with uh, with in-house uh, recruiters is this employer, employer brand piece and the, um, the the cost of bad candidate experience because it's actually quite shocking when we read this uh, this piece by Virgin Media last year that I'm sure a lot of people have already seen that bad candidate experience they boiled down was costing them 4.4 million pounds or something every year, which right. they worked out by saying okay we had 123,000 rejections last year because they had a lot of people in process. Um, and a certain percentage of those, I think it was 6%, cancelled their Virgin Media subscription of £50 per month because they had a bad candidate experience. Multiply £50, 50 pound by 12 months and the 7,500 or so people that it was, then you end up with that £4.4 million. And that's, that's, that's a lot of money for something that shouldn't cost so much money that is just offering people a great experience and, and taking the, the kind of human element into account and realizing that if you don't, certain things are gonna, are, are gonna happen. People will kind of take to the streets, to put it that way, and uh, take it online. And um, it self amplifies, right? So then we built this, this cost estimator, which um, I'm sure you'll be able to, to send around afterwards, or I can put a link yeah. in, the, in the chat, which helps brands um, kind of with a few different variables, especially about how people will share um their experience after they've had a um, an interaction with your your brand in a recruitment process work out the cost of a bad experience which when you then line it up against um a solution like start or any other that you might be using to measure and improve 
those different elements of your candidate experience it's it's peanuts really compared to the cost of what it could be if you're you're not really taking that into account yeah i will make sure that i um send that link what, what i found interesting about that was that um for, for i don't know since i started in recruitment 28 years ago mm -hmm. people would say the cost of a bad hire and when i started it was probably like 10 grand or something i mean it's probably like at least maybe they say 80 grand now whatever it is but that's not the cost of a bad hire. Mm. The cost of a bad hiring process is exactly what you're talking about. That's the really crucial thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I will. I will find that um, article and share it on. So um, we're slightly over time now. Um, I need yeah. to ask you. Mm -hmm. Sorry, we've gone on. Um, I need to ask you how people can get a demo. Do they get a demo? Do you help them do a test survey? Yeah. Can you show what would you normally do? So um, we have a demo available. If you go to start.com and uh, get a demo and uh, have a chat with us, I think we right. uh, we have a chat live on on the site. Just mentioned that you uh, you came in from um, from this this conversation from yeah. uh, today, um, and uh, yeah, we'd love to be able to talk about the challenges that that people have because, like I said at the beginning, every candidate journey is different. But uh, what we're really confident about is kind of getting to understand what is your challenge. With candidate retention, with with um, application stage, with interview stage, with placements, and and helping you unlock what is going right and wrong at those those stages. That's what the kind of conversations that we're really excited to have. Yeah, I mean that must be quite interesting as well, isn't it? Not every client comes to you with the same problem or question or yeah, concern. Definitely, definitely. And over the years that I've worked at Start, we've got had so many different use cases and in, in recruitment, uh, the candidate experience one is definitely my, my favorite because everyone's been a candidate at some point, or most people have, and uh, they they know what it is to be treated well in a process and that feeling that you're in a really good process, the excitement, and even if it doesn't go right, that you still come out feeling positive yeah. about a brand. It's something I really believe in and I'm, I'm really happy about how we're helping brands uh, solve that. Yeah, no, and I think all your business does. I mean, I've met quite a lot of your team now, and I think that's one of the things which comes across is this is a business which really cares about improving the process mm -hmm. um, for the candidate, but also yeah. with the with the, um, the, the the client in mind. Definitely. So we are well over our 30 minutes. Thank you so much for joining me, Alex. Really, really enjoyed talking with you. Cool, thank um, you People who are listening, watching may realize I actually really love your product and I do. Um, so I'll be sharing this on my blog, putting it on LinkedIn. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, um, it's starred, S-T-A-R-R-E-D.com. Um, and I'll be um, back next week with a completely different show, completely different topic, but a different technology. So um, thank you all very much for joining me. Thank you. Cool. Bye. Thanks so much. If you want to hear more from UK Recruiter and Recruiter Zone, go to the blog section on our website, ukrecruiter.co.uk.